Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Adventures in Collecting podcast. Uh, What you're about to hear is a special roundtable interview that we were able to do with the G.I. Joe team. Uh, Buckle up. Uh, Make sure you you visit the bathroom before you start playing because uh, you're about to hear two hours. Yes, two whole hours uh, with the G.I. Joe team uh, featuring uh, a bunch of other really awesome toy blogs. Everybody from uh, His Tank and the Toy Insider, Toy Book, um, there's, there's a lot of really, uh, really great questions, some really great answers, and of course, some, some brand new information about, uh, what's to come for the rest of 2022 and, and even into 2023 and beyond. So with that, uh, let's, let's cut away here to the interview and, uh, and hear from Lenny and Emily on the G.I. Joe team. First of all, hi guys. It's nice to, nice to see and hi, talk to you again. <laughs> Um, so I have to, my, my brother, Dave, who, who couldn't be on the call today, asked me to, uh, prioritize this question for you guys. So, uh, now that, uh, that Sarge is back in the fold, are there plans to bring back any other famous faces like William Refrigerator Perry? You know, that seems like a great question for future us to be able to answer. Um, it has been, it's been so much fun to get to start working with Sarge. This contract has been underway for quite a while. So I'm honestly 100% shocked that somehow the news wasn't leaked and that we actually no. got to have this amazing surprise moment, which was so cool and so kind of unusual for us. Um, but I think that as you know, the, the line keeps ramping up, there will definitely be more collabs in our future. Um, exactly who those will be, we can't say, but that, you know, we would obviously be very excited to start welcoming back some of our famous real life Joes back into the fold. Come be classified they're, figures, guys. We're they fancy were all now. Awesome. So, you know, they were all awesome. I'll put it like yeah. that. We're so. we're ready to do the Super Bowl shuffle all over again. Over here. Perfect. <laughs> we're ready. But can you replicate that with action figures? Because I feel like that's gonna be somebody's gotta be able to do it, right? Classifieds? You can you can yeah. articulate them. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you, you who doesn't want a football movie. mace? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh Fran, you are up next. How's it going, guys? What's Hi, up, Fran. man? Good to finally see you guys. It's been a while with uh, COVID and all the shutdowns and whatnot. Yeah, we haven't seen Hopefully since, we can get back to convention soon. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is about a, you know, classified HasLab. You know, when are when are we going to get to that? You know, classified is the six inch classified line is the anchor of the brand, I think, right now. You know, what's the possibilities of seeing something like that in the future? Because we all got our wallets ready. <laughs> oh, I feel like it would be very dumb of us to say that was something that would be off the table for the future. The The whole HasLab experience with the Sky Striker was so much fun. And, you know, Classified is kind of our baby right now, and it is the modern iteration. It is super hot, not to, like, pat ourselves on the back or anything. But I think that we are very, very excited about some future potential um, for a Classified HasLab. So I can't say when, but we are politely asking if we can. And I will not hint to what we are asking for, 
but I don't think anyone will be disappointed. Nice. Very nice. Great job. I mean, some of you may be disappointed. I don't know what's exactly inside your brain, but you know, (laughs) we're pretty excited about what we're potentially proposing. I want to see a thunder machine because I think that's something that wouldn't see retail. And you could throw in some maybe dreadnoughts that couldn't make it to retail. Mm -hmm. You know, that's awesome. Something like a his tank could probably make it to retail. Yeah. I so wonder I how how I big would that be six inch scale? Because we traced out uh, just for like funsies when we did the Sky Striker, we were like, do we want to do this in six inch? And Lenny sketched it out, and his daughter could comfortably fit inside of the sketch of the six inch scale Sky Striker. I gotta find so, the cardboard cutout. The cardboard cutout's pretty funny. It's Amelia sitting in there, it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Thunder Machine would probably be about uh, twelve to sixteen inches, probably. That seems reasonable. And I think that that's one of the keys in, you know, thinking about this, you know, all of us, you know, the first thing we think of is, could we do a flag? And then we're like, well, that would be like 20 feet long. (laughs) So no. Um, But even like, you know, doing something like a whale would be, you know. Oh, that'd be rad. Big. Big. It would be big. And so that's one of the kind of push and pulls with figuring out what can, which of these vehicles can we really comfortably scale up? Um, not to necessarily say it would be a vehicle and not one of the playsets, but I think that there's there are a lot of really fun things that we will be able to explore in the world of classified Haslabs, and I promise that that is definitely something that we are really excited about yeah, being able I to think, bring to the table. I think another tidbit that's kind of fun to like think about too. It's like to help read tea leaves, leaves and stuff. It's like what is affordable for people. Like yeah. there's a threshold. I think we've seen with some of the Haslabs and some of like even like other companies and some of the items they're doing like. You can just kind of read the room. You see what's too too expensive, and then I think that takes some things off the table. Unfortunately, like I would love to do Rolling Thunder. Right? That <laughs> would could you awesome. imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, you know, like you start or like, like a terradrome or something. But it would be like you know enormous. You need like a full room for a terradrome in six inch scale. You could do a terradrome. You just do one section, and then if you buy ten sections, you can put it together. Perfect. It's right. a kid's bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we could do like, maybe the middle gets like a beanbag chair or something. So you can turn it into like a seating piece for your living room. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, all right, Chris, you are up. Hello guys. Long hey, time. Long time. Um, yeah, great to see you again. Um, I have, well, first of all, amazing reveals, by the way. I had a blast watching that that segment. And you guys are always so fun and just, it's such an entertaining watch as well. So I really enjoyed that, um, watching you guys. It's great. Uh, I think out of all the brand teams, I I think you guys have, I don't know, there's just something a bit more more fun that I enjoy watching about you guys. Um, Not to take anything away from anyone else, but I love you guys. Anyway, loads of questions. So I'll just jump to one that's kind of formulated, that's probably quite important for most people watching, or, you know, that will be watching. Um, With the recent reveals of the Marvel Legends, all kind of non-plastic packaging, um, and also knowing that Hasbro are kind of going towards the uh, non-plastic across the, you know, know, on on more of a, you know, larger scale, including G.I. Joe, I was wondering if um, we're going to be seeing in the f- very like in the near future that applied to the classified brand and what that might look like for classified, please and thank you. 
The short answer is yes. Yes, it will. Um, so it's going to be rolled out basically across everything at Hasbro, including all of our action brands and our six inch figures. So full transparency. Remember how I've been talking about all of these supply chain issues and all of the delays and how sad we are that product is late. It's brutal. We were, we had really, really <laughs> great intentions for GI Joe to be totally plastic free by fall of this year. Um, and it's because of all of the delays, it's not quite going to happen. Um, so what you're going to see is that some of like, we'll have exclusives that are plastic free that may not have been delayed as much that will still have, you know, uh, the, so the Zorana dusty crimson guard wave that came out will be the last mainline wave with plastic packaging. Okay. So that's, so like, that's something to be helpful. So the wave that comes out next will be our introduction to plastic free. Um, we are, we're really actually pretty excited about this change in packaging because we are looking at it as an opportunity to give a new experience for fans. So we're thinking, okay, without a plastic blister, what are, GI Joe's come with so many accessories. How can we really make that into kind of an exciting experience? And we showed it a little bit with the, um, the, the, uh, Viper three pack that we did, um, that was that e-com exclusive. And so that was kind of an early iteration of what we're doing for plastic free packaging. So what you'll see is instead of having the, the classified artwork just on the side with the window that you can see the figure, it's going to be full artwork on the front. It's going to be beautiful. Give us an amazing chance to continue kind of showcasing the artistry and, diversity that all of this artwork brings to classified series, which is super cool. But then in turn, we were like, okay, so what are we going to do inside to really make this a special experience? And so we gave you a little bit of a preview, but inside now each of the boxes will actually come with Lenny, what are we calling them? Like a foot locker, like a, a little storage uh, oh, friend yeah. that will be actually a, a box. Can I show them one? Is it one that for a figure we've revealed? It's for a character revealed. Yes, that's fine. So, oh. something like this. Sorry, my light is ruining it. That's um, amazing. It'll be a different color depending on your faction. And then it has, oh, I don't want to give the, num the reveal away of the number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it'll, it'll look like that, right? And then inside... Wow. It's empty currently, but you'll have all over graphic wrapping paper that has uh, G.I. Joe classified logos and uh, Cobra prints. Amazing. And then all your accessories will be in there. So make sure when you do it to unfold, like you're getting a, like a Christmas present. And then what we're going to do is everything that's a PVC part will be packaged within cardboard so that it doesn't warp. It actually might help warpage even more. Uh, but we have to find out in time to see how that actually goes. But yeah, what I found, um, it's pretty cool. And what I actually do is with my samples, I throw them in here <laughs> and I keep my samples in the little, um, in the little boxes, which is pretty rad. And we've even put like a little key, key, keypad on there. When you funny. say samples, you mean toy samples. You don't mean yeah, like my toy samples, store samples or anything here. like that. I'll okay, keep sort them. So it's like a nice way to kind of sort your extra, your extra stuff. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I like, and I, we talked about it too. Like, it kind of creates, um, I got to keep on closing the number here. Yeah, you already uh, blew it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, we know it is, right? Yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, basically you can set them up and stack them and kind of have like a, like almost like a loading dock kind of like battle area, which I liked wow. about it. And then the color is really cool too. So um, yeah, that's Just, what they look like. That's amazing. Just kind of attached to that, there was a lot of, I'm sorry, I know this is like kind of a second question, but there was a lot of kind of concern for people that, that collect, you know, they want to see the figure and be able to kind of make out what is actually, you know, like the best paint apps and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. 
uh, is there any have you thought about that in any way shape or form with this particular packaging like is is there any can we expect like a window or a door or anything like that on them so so that's a hard one with the six inch figures so we did kind of across the board we've done a ton of packaging studies to figure out what is going to be the best execution and what we figured out is that regardless of how small if there is an open window on the front of pack you can pop their heads off and so to us, the worst experience is you going to the store and finding all of our figures now headless because people have gone in and just stolen their heads. So what you're going to have on the box is, so it, they are they are totally closed box, which is something that you'll see across all of the six inch figures at okay. Hasbro now. So this is exactly, thanks TikTok. So we, we don't <laughs> want to, we want to make sure that you're having the best experience possible. So it'll be kind of Flat across the board, the only exception to that, I believe, will be Transformers on some of their items just because you can't pop their heads off. Um, I know, right? I love being able to say that in an interview. Um, Mm -hmm. But what you'll see on the front of pack is going to be like a little product render. So you know what the product looks like. And then on the back of pack in scale, we'll show the product and we'll show all of the accessories so that you'll still know exactly what you're getting in the box. We'll know what the color is. Everything should be okay. Um, we like to think that our paint apps on GI Joe figures are usually pretty good. Of course, if there are ever any problems, you're welcome to reach out to consumer care and we can help to clear those out, um, and make things better and take things back to the factory. Yeah, so um, but I understand I, is yeah. our QC is going to have to go up. Yes. Right? We're going to have to really make sure because we don't want to have to ship people parts. <laughs> so yeah, we no. want to make sure that the things we ship come out really well. Uh, and a lot of that is 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 us working with the vendor or the, or the the vendor following through. So uh, we I don't know how much we can talk towards that, but I do know that like we understand that that's going to become a threshold where we got to yes. upgrade a little bit. Yep. So, no, that's they, great. That's great. And, I appreciate that. Thank you. And with I know that we haven't asked about this, but what I'm sure one of the the kind of un the I may as well say it now because eventually the question is going to come up even later down the road. O ring figures. Plastic packaging. They have been for 40 years. What are we going to do about it? Um, we are uh we're we're going to do something exciting and different for O-ring packaging for the first time. Um, so there is going to be a new packaging execution for that. We haven't um once we have kind of models to show you guys, it's gonna be really exciting. But again, we're looking at it in terms of, you know, what are modern collectors looking for? What kind of additional value proposition can we be giving people to help address some of the, you know, complaints that we've been hearing about what the current iteration of the packaging looks like? Um, so stay tuned for more kind of information about that. So we'll essentially be treating that as a, this is, nobody knows about this outside of our team yet, but we'll basically be treating it as a soft reboot of the O-Ring line um, for modern G.I. Joe fans, which will be really exciting. Wow, it's, you know, fantastic. a chance to try something new and see how it goes, which as, you know, toy people is really like what we're here for. We want to try new things and tr- make and people yeah, happy. And fans, fans generally love change. Oh yeah, no, people, <laughs> toy fans who collect retro <laughs> products are really, really huge fans of change. So it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. no, thank you very much. Guys. I appreciate that. That's Thanks. awesome. And to, to the next person, sorry, I've taken up too much time. All right, James, you are up and just letting you know, Daniel, you all be after James. Howdy. I'm going to actually split this um, going towards the future of collectors by looking at kids. Uh, We've spoken on some of these calls in the past about the legacy brands and, um, you know, G.I. Joe being a big one that is going to require a new generation of fans down the line, namely kids, 
to keep this going for the future. Um, Snake Eyes line, I know a lot of us liked it, but it didn't necessarily resonate the way we'd hoped, and the movie didn't quite do the box office that folks were looking for. Um, what is Hasbro doing right now to uh, really keep the brand moving and attract new collectors that aren't all of us from this era? Yeah, I think that there's, I mean, we astute observation, definitely something that we kind of know we need to figure out for the future of the brand. Because, you know, in in 20 years, who is going to be really excited about these retro, what will be the retro of 20 years and who will be the people who will be really nostalgic for the brand? And so that's something that we're kind of looking at it in terms of long-term planning of how do we reach how do we reach kids these days? Is it a new animated show in the vein of Real American Hero? Is it TikTok clips? Is it video games? Is it, you know, some, is it a metaverse of something? But trying mm -hmm. to figure out how we can, I to kind of digress a little bit, I think that one of the beautiful things about G.I. Joe is we keep reinventing ourselves. It has not been one version for the last 60 years, you know, every 20 years we have a new toy line. There are new, a new like toy iteration. We have new content that comes out. We're not afraid to try new things. And I think that that's one of the beautiful things about this brand. And so in the future, we are really trying to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for how to appeal to, how to appeal to the youth without sounding, you know, like an old person, but like <laughs> what, what will, what is going to reach them and what will be a meaningful enough experience to them where when they are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, they look back and they go, oh my God, I loved that version of G.I. Joe from my childhood. You know, I think, I think to that point, um, of course, I think that begs the question of brand extension and all that, what we'll do to get kids into it and all that. Um, as a designer, I believe in other play patterns besides action figure. But I think currently on G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe classifieds are not just for us. When we made G.I. Joe classified, a part of it was like, how do you get younger kids to go, I want to buy that roadblock? Who is that guy? I remember at, at uh, Toy Fair two years ago, I was with Fran and Chris, and a little kid came over and was like, Dad, who is that? And pointing at roadblock. And we we're all like, oh, man, it's happening. It's happening. And that's what we wanted it to do. And at the same, I think you're right. How do you do brand extensions that get kids to pick up and go like, that was my toy when I was a kid. But I suspect, hopefully, if we did a good enough job where people will, kids will pick up that roadblock toy that they got, that their dad bought them, like now, when they're like in like 20, what, 2042? And they'll go, I got this roadblock toy when I was like five in 2020. So um, I'm hoping the cycle continues because at the end of the day, action figures are action figures. I remember when I was a kid with the kind of action figures that always resonated to me and I'm like, G.I. Joe's are top-notch, right? Because the articulation, the details, the aesthetics, all that stuff. So hopefully we are continuing that legacy and hopefully we'll, you know, kids, when when I'm old and gray and, you know, there's uh, youngsters making G.I. Joe, like when they're older, I have a collection of these vintage classifieds figures. Hopefully that happens again. And then the next designers make the next thing, which is like whatever hologram action figures or whatever by that time. So we'll, who knows? So... Hopefully that answers. The Is question. that a visionary's reveal you've just given us there? <laughs> <laughs> the power of magical light. Right? Stay tuned, Toy Fair 2023. All right, thank you. Yep. All right, Daniel, you are up, and Matt, you will go after Daniel. First of all, hi, everyone. Uh, I just want to second oh. what Christopher. 
Christopher said, uh, your guys' live streams are an absolute delight to Thank watch. You. Your guys' Thank you. enthusiasm and your chemistry uh, for the, uh, just enthusiasm for the brand and everything are really, really top notch. So great job on that. Thank you. We love watching them. A uh, question that's been asked before, but it was uh, earlier in the line. Are we any closer now to troop builders on Hasbro Pulse? Oh, yeah. Pulse really likes us. Like, without being just super cocky about it, Pulse is really into us. Um, so we are, we're actually working on a kind of an extended presence for G.I. Joe on Pulse. Um, so stay tuned for kind of what that will look like heading into the new year. But we are, we're really excited about some of the stuff that's going to be coming up. And we're hoping to kind of continue that expansion in the future. And, you know, when we, once we're kind of, and, you know, we're still a baby line pandemic baby. We've only, you know, this is like what third year that we're going into. It's so hard to keep track, but I, I would love to get us to the point where we can start doing kind of the Marvel legends approach of, you know, simple coffin boxes, cheaper troop builders that like, you know, maybe one accessory, one dude, but that people can just buy at the wazoo, which is, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the collections of like alley vipers and bats that are going on right now, but they are incredible. And we hear you and your excitement for troop builders. And we definitely share that excitement on the team. So I think that um, 2023 is going to be a really good year. <laughs> Great. Thanks so Without much. Without giving too much away. It looks like it's me next. Uh, I, I, I will third uh, everyone. <laughs> it was a great, it was a great presentation. Thank you. Um, kudos to the uh, Sergeant Slaughter. I, I forgive me if I, uh, if this has already been asked. Uh, Please. Because I might've missed one or two questions. Um, but uh, you know, on Sergeant Slaughter, that was such a huge hit for me. I'm a giant wrestling fan anyway. And so uh, I feel like there's so much crossover between those markets uh, just yeah. by their own. Um, what was the biggest challenge in developing uh, that figure, mm -hmm. even just kind of bringing it to the classified line in general, because he's such a fan favorite uh, and looking at the landscape of like WWE and, and AEW, is there someone you have on your dream list you'd oh, love AEW? to bring to this line? Yeah. And, and across the, I just across went the to everybody. I just oh, went did to you? AEW. Oh my God. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No, no, think, no. Is there someone that's on that dream that you'd love to bring into figure form in that line? So I don't know all the characters names. My buddies took me. I like, I like, I don't follow wrestling as much as I used to when it, like the attitude era. Cause I was like in college at the time. Yeah. So like, you know, stone cold and all that. But uh, the dinosaur man was incredible. I'm just gonna it's say just the dinosaur so dude. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, sorry, that guy was awesome, and I love. I just love the intensity of it. Um, sorry, I got excited because AEW. I'm a new fan. Yes, awesome. Yes, I am all about AEW now. Um, the hardest part, from a design standpoint, was getting him right. Um, there are other slaughters out there but there are no real American slaughters out there. So we wanted to make the real American slaughter. And if you notice in the design, um, I tried to make him feel like he was coming out of the cartoon. Um, I wanted him to, you know, I mentioned like, he was like, you guys are eating bonbons and playing video games. And that episode, he comes walking in and just beats the crap at everybody. And like everybody's doing push-ups because they're afraid of him. That's what we were trying to do with him. Um, the hard part about that was, was finding reference for his face because he's an older gentleman now. And back then when picture 
fidelity. I was trying to find pictures of him. It was so hard. And then it was him iterated into a cartoon. So you'll notice in the sculpt, it's going to be like him younger, cartoonized, but classified real, if that makes sense. So he's still got his jaw. Um, he's his, his, I think we nailed it. Tony loves it, which makes me feel really good about it. Cause I did go back and forth on that sculpt, but I drew his face like a lot. This to get, I spent days. My wife is like, stop drawing that man's face. Like I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> There's but, just uh, drawings plastered all over your house. All over everywhere. The it's like, it's like a, uh, it's, it's like a uh, forensics. Yeah. Um, but I think we got it right. And Corey, I, I forget who he used as a sculptor to work on it, but the sculptor did a really good job. Um, and I think from a design standpoint, it's like getting his likeness right. Um, and then what he, what he should come with too. I think he comes with some fun stuff. You'll find that his price point's really good too. Um, and, his uh, accessories are the first time I one. saw his, his special accessory. I went, Oh my God, this is adorable. And it, Which and is not like I, exactly the reaction you want for a GI Joe, but it's pretty good for me. <laughs> but it's, it's there because it's, I remember the commercials as a kid and being told to buy GI Joe's by this awesome wrestler dude who's calling me a maggot. And for some reason I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I need to go get them. Yeah, mom, dad, can we go to the toy store now? So yeah, it's a nod to that. Um, but I think from a design standpoint, that was the hardest. Uh, Emily, from a marketing standpoint, anything you think? Yeah, I, Sarge is so sweet. And he, I truly was terrified that he was this like larger than life, angry, like angry dude who was going to come out and scream at me. Oh my God, he's so sweet, guys. Yeah. Um, so he has just been so lovely to work with. And he is so so positive about G.I. Joe and so excited about the brand and so excited to be back. And so like that kind of level of enthusiasm is, I mean, it's really infectious for the rest of us because, you know, if somebody else is excited and they're like the person you're making into an action figure, which like, holy shit, that's so cool, is kind of magical. And right. so you will, you are not, that video that you saw of Sarge is not the last that you will see of Sarge. So we are, exciting things are, are afoot. Awesome. Thanks guys. Yeah, thank you. Oh, and the in case anybody's curious, one of the secrets of our live stream success is that we like each other in real life and we don't bother to write scripts. So we're just winging that entire thing. Not sure I should have admitted that. We do a run a show, but like that's kind of it. What was the energy drink we were drinking it with? Unicorn? Cotton unicorn flavor? Cotton candy flavor? It was like... It tasted like unicorn blood. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other secret. Energy drinks and a very, very blank run of show script. Yeah. Oh, and, and Whitney just jumped on, so I'm glad she missed that comment. Great. <laughs> she missed the All unicorn right. blood. Keep going, comment. guys. Yeah, thank God. I just said it out loud again. <laughs> oh, all right. Brett, you are up. All right. I'll also reiterate, it was a great live stream, and now we know what the secret is to get our videos uh, pumping as well. That Thanks, Brett. Blood. Drink energy <laughs> drinks, and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the first half of the reveals was a lot of repaints, um, which is great because it's an opportunity to maybe get figures that we you know missed and all that. When deciding what you're going to do as repaints, like what considerations do you all take in to figure that out? I mean, the supply chain issues right now, part of it is it you know how quick stuff sells? Like, what are the factors? Yeah. Um, Oh, you want to go? You want me to go? You want me to put a marketing spin on it first and then you can talk from a design perspective? Yes. Cool. All right. So, <laughs> yes, kind of to all of those things. So, there are, so 
One of the things that I will put out here in the universe first is remember that really cool O-ring line that existed in 1982? Remember how many of those were redecos because guys would go out on sub teams and get fancy new outfits? So basically we are kind of porting that mindset over into classified. And so for us, Lenny will probably talk about this more, but a lot of it comes from storytelling. So what makes sense in terms of the sub teams that we are currently using in product? Who do we feel can, can kind of be put into those new outfits for their special missions? And so a lot of that is, you know, there are considerations other than just, you know, what stories do we want to tell? And that is, okay, for these figure molds, when was the last time we used them? What is the grace period between them that we need in order to like make the alterations for the new versions of the figures? And how does that kind of factor into the supply chain? So that is a piece of it. But when we're, when we're working on creating the characters, it is, to me, it's predominantly story-driven. Please, Lenny from design. Yes, it is story-driven. Um, However, there's also constraints from tooling usage standpoints. Mm -hmm. So let's take who came out recently in type. So the Cobra Troopers uh, that we called officers on accident. Um, we had those available um, from a tooling standpoint. And if you guys have noticed, the line is very young. Marvel Legends has 12 years of tools, hundreds upon hundreds of action figures they could pull from to recolor. On our line, we have so how many do we have out now? Fifty. So we have fifty, like but, but some a lot of them, a lot of them reuse each other, right? So if you notice in the supply chain issues, a lot of them reuse each other. So if one is being used, you can't make the next one because the way the lines work with making the toy, so that is contributing to the delays as well. So if I go and redeco somebody who has to get made into a main line, or I have to use the legs of somebody to make somebody else it's going to cause a crazy jam up. So yes, hundred percent story. We could do story every time I come from transformers where we, we basically did programs on everything for target Walmart. And there's a little mini story involved. We're going to do that here. We're going to make new stories. We're going to pull stories from back in the day. That's what tiger force is. Right. So, and we're going to do, you know, other things coming in the future, but another, the big practical thing is like, what do I got available to use? And then what's not going to, it's not going to upset the fans that I gave them 10 million versions of the same character. So sometimes you get a little bit of a rock and a hard place. Um, but then, like you said, creates an opportunity for people to get a figure that didn't come out. It mean that they couldn't get the first time. It may not be the exact color way that the other one was or offering, but it's got the vibe of it. So um, it's a, uh, it's a balance. It, it, it's a balance. I wish I personally wish I could do every, every single figure brand new. If it was, if it was Lenny bro, <laughs> Lenny bro would do every figure brand new, even, even tiger force versions of, but things cost money. And we only have a certain amount of resource and budget to do it. So I, I have to be a grown up and, you know, budget it. <laughs> and to reiterate, those are going to be officer figures, Lenny. Oops. <laughs> they are your officers and we are excited about them. We are. Okay. We are. But I, I think that they're fabulous, but I, yeah. I agree that all of the, it's, it's more storytelling, but there's, you should see the like back end schematics we're doing where it's like, all right, we need this dude's boots to go over here so that we can do this one. And okay, if we kind of move the dates around on this, how does that ultimately impact everything? Um, and so we are, we refer to ourselves as the little brand that could, um, yeah. but that's one of the ways yeah, that we're yeah. able to do what we can, which is 
pretty fabulous. We're just building up our library, you know, yep. and, you know, I, I wish we can go as fast as people would like it to go, but you know, it's just, it's just the way, you know, we have to do it right. Otherwise it'll crash and it will burn. So. Yeah. Is that aggressive for this meeting? I didn't mean it that yeah, way. That's fine. <laughs> We've said worse things. Hey, okay. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, uh, Scott, your turn. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, Scott mm -hmm. Zillner here with Toy Wizard. Yeah. Glad to see everybody. Emily, you're on G.I. Joe now. Does, does that mean you're not going to come out to Power Morphicon? Or are you still going to make an appearance? Hey, Power Morphicon sounds like fun. Send me some info. I could always right. be down for a fun trip. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I mean, I know you guys wanted to talk about what you revealed and uh, you've been derailed a little bit by everybody else's questions, but I'm going to try to keep us on track. And <laughs> you, you've said several times the special accessory for Sergeant Slaughter, and he's holding such a wonderful, nice belt on his shoulders. I, I would just have to assume we're going to get something shiny in that box, but we're not going to say... Um, can we go over these uh, the repaints exclusively to where they're going to be released at? Tiger Force Duke, I'm assuming that's Target for uh, Cobra Island, Tiger Force, Python Patrol. Um, Zartan and Storm Shadow, those are going to be the retro cards. So that's going to be another Walmart special release. Um, that leaves our Renegade version Snake Eyes is... What, uh, a fan retailer uh, to be everybody gets that snake eyes? I I may as well just say it. He's actually mainline, so he'll be available everywhere. Okay, there we go. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I was I thought it was interesting that we got that version of snake eyes when the commando version could have been such an easy repaint, Lenny. You know? Uh, no, it couldn't actually because parts availability plus well, that's that that's head. a great thing you brought up, and which that's a head. I never that, thought of. That head is brand. I wouldn't use the Commando Snake Eyes head for that because if you look at it, there's some subtle details that are really different. And then he's actually everybody think. I remember my friends would always call him rock climbing. He's actually Ninja Force, so he's got a lot of like ninja details on him. But I want to make I love brand Ninja new. Force. So we have kind of we kind of a policy where it's like, if you can't make it right, don't make it because I want to make things from the source that are as accurate to what they're trying to emulate as possible. And that even goes for things that are brand new and novel that haven't even been in line yet. Like if it's like, I don't know, we're going to make up character, new character, new character has to be done. Right. You know, if, even if it's a partial, right. Like you got to get just the story has to come. So yeah, I agree. I wanted to make, I wanted that. That was my snake eyes. When I was a kid, that's, that was my first snake eyes. Like it's, the, it's the, a really good one. It was the first one, that one not to give us all black snake eyes. And at the time for me, it really threw like, what are you doing? Why are you making them like this? And after a while, like, no, nah, he's cool. You know, I remember being on the stoop at my parents' house in Staten Island, the stoop. That's right. I call it a stoop. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, just rock climbing with him again. I thought it was rock climbing snake eyes. And like, I would just, mar I was like, I remember just stopping. GI Joe's, I think had this effect on all of us. You would stop and just look at him and just look at all the details and like marvel at like how cool this is. And somebody made this thing. And he was one of them that like, this really got me pumped. And don't get me wrong. I have looked at how to do that. I've done iterations on how to do that figure already. Cause I, I mean, he's my snake eyes, but ultimately I kind of, I scrapped it. I was like, I can't do this yet. We got to, we got to do it right. Um, so 
Yes. And I didn't mean to be blunt in the beginning, but it was like, no, I, I want, I want the right parts. But it's coming. I would coming. I would, I would assume we would have gotten a, a, a new head sculpt for that. Yeah. Just yeah. as you know, when this guy's time comes along, we'll get the <laughs> stuff off his chest, which would be oh, really yeah. cool. Oh yeah. Um, what I about Sergeant Slaughter? What's the idea for deployment on him? How are we going to get Sergeant Slaughter? Uh, that one is still a secret. Oh, it's a secret. Okay. I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? It's, I believe I need to double check on that one, but I believe it's fan channel. Fan channel for Sergeant Slaughter. I think it's fan channel. So it'll be fan channel and pulse. There's a chance that it's also Amazon, but don't quote me on that one yet. I or would if you hope, quote me, say I that I hope have to not unless we got some supply chains taken yeah. care of. But there and there is there will be plenty of them. And then the um the blue ninjas two pack is an Amazon exclusive. Mm. That was Amazon. not on my list. How did I not write that down? That's a Happy really good version of uh blue ninjas, especially with the heads that gives us everyone has to buy two right off the bat. Sure do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 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 perfect. Thank you. Some of us even you, more so uh, when you give us a troop builder that is actually another troop builder with the Blue Ninja 2-pack. Yeah, and I think that we were, we were, I won't give away the game, but we were like a little bit worried when we did our troop builder 3-pack. We were like, oh my God, this is really expensive. Are people actually going to be excited about this? And I think we saw it sold out in 25 minutes, which is incredible. Right. Even, I mean, like, Crockmaster and Fiona sold out in like six minutes, but that's like phenomenal for us. But it's, so it's really cool to see kind of a positive fan reaction to doing those multi-packs. And I think is further encouragement for us to continue that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep throwing troop builders at us all day long and is we will never stop buying multiples, like you said, of alley vipers and bats. There's no limit for how many of those we can have in our collections. Would you say there's a threshold that within a year, because when I'm planning, it's a question for you guys, there's a, th a threshold of troop builders within a year, right? Because I'm like, there is no threshold, Lenny. There you go. There's your answer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our, I, I would say the collector's biggest issue is the fact that we can't buy enough of troop builders. Okay. I myself have one single bat. I don't have an alley viper at all. And I have a single bat and he just has his regular, yellow version bat we don't have the orange bat or the red yeah. bat or our fire bat or our jungle camo bat we can never have enough bats alley vipers troopers it just goes down the line there is no limit to those that we could buy we are we are cognizant of the fact that fans do tend to buy more troop builders than maybe like a single like you may only need one zarana you may want like five alley vipers and so we are going to be working with pulse in particular in the future to see if we can start raising some of those purchase limits, especially on pulse exclusive items, because if it's the only place that you can get a troop builder, we want to make sure that people can actually troop build with them. Cause that's really important to us. Yeah. Um, and also we've, we've seen some of the comments about bats and alley vipers still being hard to find or people seeing like lone gung hoes that are places. We promise that bats and alley vipers have been steadily shipping out since December. Um, so the, the odds are if for, if you can't find them, it's somebody has already bought them at your store, which is kind of wild. But I think that it's a, every time we release figures, it's further incentive for retailers to continue upping their order quantities. And that's what we're seeing steadily year over year. People are ordering more and more of these to make sure that we can fill that fan demand.
which is awesome. It's exactly where you want to be. Like, oh, people want more of these? Awesome. Let's make more. I was going to say- Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. And uh, of course, thank you for doing the roundtable too. We really enjoy having these times to have one-on-one talk with you. Of course. Eric, you had something, man. Sorry, I was just going to say to answer that your question, like I, I think troop builders, like if you look at it in terms of like commodities, right? Um, like if you're if you're going to shop, if you're going to a grocery store and you're and you want tacos for dinner, chances are you already have taco shells at home. Like you're just going out <laughs> to get like the like the meat, the cheese. So yeah. like if if you if you make Pulse a destination, and I see James dropped a a, a comment in the in the chat. Like if you make Pulse the destination where it's like we will always have army builders in stock. There are no amount that you could no too much like there's not too many that you could release in one year because as people can afford more, you know, but everyone has different budgets, they could always use Pulse as that destination where it's like, you know what? This month I have enough to grab two more Cobra Troopers or I have enough to grab two more Alley Vipers. And you know that just like, you know, taco shells you can go and get them. They're always going to be there. Whereas the, the, the kind of like single use characters, you know, for, for the yeah. lack of a better term, um, yeah. you know, cause otherwise if, if you load up on, on these army builders at retail, it's going to clog eventually yeah. going to clog pegs, send, send a bad message and, you know, prevent some of those other characters from getting out there. But you know, if pulse loves yeah. you guys so much, just, that's that's actually a really interesting idea. And one of the things that I don't know if we've talked about at all yet is that we are GI Joe because we're an owned and operated property. We sometimes get to be test and learn brands to kind of see how things go. And so one of the things that we are doing as a test and learn is as of the products that should have been released on 8.1.22, but now are slightly delayed, we are moving to a solids only brand. So remember how I was talking about when you when stores were getting assortment packs and they had Alley Vipers and Bats and one Gung Ho, and the way that you knew that there would have been figures in the store was because there was a Gung Ho sitting on that peg looking for a new home. So that won't be a thing anymore. So all of the figures will be solid packed in one box of just those figures. So there will basically be dedicated pegs at retail for each of those figures and boxes, uh, which I think will be, it'll be something exciting. It'll be something new on mainline. That's going to roll out in 2023. Um, and then exclusives that's already started to happen. So for the entire year for 22, so like that tiger force wave that's coming out, those are only available in solids. All of the Walmart retro card backs only available in solids. Um, So we're trying it out. Retailers seem excited about it. But what that also means is when we, so when we've been manufacturing both the assortments and the solids, you have to divide your manufacturing time up for those. And so traditionally what happens is the assortments go to brick and mortar stores and the solid packs go for e-com. It's easier to fulfill pre-orders if all you have to do is, you know, pull one out of whatever box instead of sorting through to figure out, oh no, where are all the gung-hos that we need? And so what we're hoping is that this will also kind of, because we've seen in the past, you know, we've done pre-orders on items, not necessarily just on G.I. Joe, but across all the brands where sometimes you'll have figures hit store before your pre-orders are fulfilled. And that's an assortment versus solids kind of a thing. So now we'll be able to hopefully fulfill those you'll see things hitting brick and mortar and pre-orders fulfilled closer to the same time which is i mean happy for everybody that's all we all want things to be a little bit more more easy that's a terrible way to phrase it but we're hoping that that will help as well we've been living through the 2020s we think we need things to be easier 
Yeah, really do. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors. And now, back to the show. So, uh, one of the things that, that I thought was really interesting, uh, you know, in, in the live stream was when you guys were talking about the Crimson Guard and the fact that you kind of made that late stage change to the, the scabbard and the fact that it could be, you know, ported into the hip as well as the backpack. Um, and you mentioned that you guys make changes throughout the design process, you know, as, as you kind of get to play with things. So what I was curious, because it seems like that one came like really late in the design process, that, that the way that you were discussing it. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other big changes to like figures that we either have already or figures that have been announced where like you got one of those EPs and you realize like, oh, it would be so cool if we could do this. And, you know, like how how far along in the process, like the latest uh, that, that you guys have had to make a change like that? Um, I'm thinking. I mean, we've made color changes to some figures after they've been released. So most, I would say most figures at EP get color changes because of our process. We actually are all digital now. So uh, most of our figures are digitally painted and then we will see the product painted from the factory. And that's the EP, the first time I see the plastic with colorant in it. So that's a back and forth. So I have, I'll have like dummies of like, um, I don't know of the, of the blue ninjas until the color is right. And it's, it's like, um, and you go back and forth until you get the color right. And it's like mixing pigments. It's, it's, is there enough colorant in the plastic? Is it the right shade of red? So forth and so on. So, and we usually get like two to three rounds, four rounds if we're really lucky, but that's pushing it. And they, and my PMs will kill me <laughs> if, uh, if I, if I run it late, but most of the time the changes will happen at like the last stage of sculpting. So normally what happens with the GI Joe is I present to the team. I go, here's the new design for the Crimson Guard. And I show them all the stuff that's going to come with and like a cool 2D illustration. And then from there, team gives me sign off, Emily and marketers. And everybody's like, oh, good job. Oh, okay. And they say, no, that's terrible. Change that. And I do. And then Have we. Have I ever said that to you? No, you never do. Um, so then. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm batting, batting a thousand, I think. Anyways, um, we uh, then from there, I create inputs. So basically a schematic, the schematic drawing that then I work with my engineer and Corey, my sculptor. We sit down and we talk about like how many molds we think the figure is going to be, um, what needs to go in each mold. We're pretty exact on G.I. Joe. Again, we're the little brand that could. So we're really mindful of all the money we spend and all that and what we're allotted for the year. Um, so I'm pretty exact as to what I want it to be going into the sculpting process. But then during the sculpting process, we may see something like, say we put a holster on like a chest of a character on like, like a harness. And we find that it's, it's hindering the, the, the articulation or posability. We'll move it because it's like, that's not going to work because in theory, 2d design even schematic, like I draw things pretty much like it's going to look when it's a product, like I'm very old school that way. Um, but there's things you can't account for, like plastic, plastic thickness might make that holster way thicker than I thought it was going to be. So then we'll have to move things around. So in the case of the Crimson Guard, I was like, we were looking at it and we're like, what if we could put it on his hip? And I remember when we first tried to put it on his hip, there wasn't enough wall thickness to make um the peg long enough to actually hold tolerance so it would actually stay on so if you notice on his hip we added like a like almost like more material like it's a batted batted leather 
is mm-hmm. where the where it gets plugged into just to kind of hide it a little bit more. Um, but mostly changes like that will happen at sculpture because Corey and I do not like to make those changes uh, when it's been ported over to the factory because it could cause some other issues or aesthetic issues could happen too. Like things could get warped and there's, and we, it might be too late for us to change it before it goes to actually getting casted and molded. So um, I would say the last change of sculpt is where a big functionality change will happen, but we do work with um, our partners in Hong Kong and China to make minor tweaks from a, say an arm isn't articulating all the way, we'll cut some meat out and stuff like that to make things work. So if it's not aesthetically gonna hurt the product, we'll do that with Hong Kong and the vendor. Um, if it's gonna hurt aesthetic of the product, we make sure that gets done by us um, just because we're gonna be, um, we're a little closer to it and we know aesthetically what it has to be. So we it has to be done by us, but if it has to be something that's more functionality and you wouldn't notice it, we work with them on that side. And again, we're on this thing until it goes into a box. So, um, you know, it's uh, changes can happen pretty late, but for the most part, the Crimson Guard that happened at sculpture phase. Hopefully, I didn't rant too much, but no, I, I think that's happened. that's fascinating. I think one of the <laughs> things that I, I think most collectors don't realize is how many steps are from like, you know, uh, where the product actually comes out of your brain onto paper and then the next step and the next step. Like, I would love, I don't know if you guys are allowed to, but like it would be awesome if you could post one of those like exploded, like schematic views of the figures just to kind of show like, this is the kind of stuff that goes into the thing that you're, is now on your shelf. Like, yeah, I, would, I, think, I would love to see that. I, I think we can, I know the transformer seems to be posting stuff up um, and we're pretty exa- like on GI Joe, like we do, like I, I literally have drawn every single GI Joe that's out to date. Um, it's kind of why I love the job. Like, this is like, I'm in heaven. Like, this is like what I, like, I wanted to do this ever since I'm a little kid. I've been doing it since I'm a little kid. Right. So, um, I would think it would be cool. I don't wonder if we can, because some of that has trade secrets on it. We'd probably have to strip it of call outs and stuff, but for you guys to see what a mechanic it's it's kind of like a mechanical drawing, really. It's like, I show the views and we try to, I try to do it as verbatim as possible as what's going to happen in the final product. Now, now, 2D drawings may look more pleasing than a 3D sculpture. So at 3D sculpture, that's when Corey and I go back and forth and I'm like, dude, man, we got to change this. Or, wow, what was I thinking? We have to I, then I'll overlay on top of it and then be like, eh, maybe do it like this instead. Um, so I think we can. It's just a matter of what our rules are. But I know the Transformers team has been putting stuff up, which is pretty cool. Let's- Lenny, let's work on this. And remember how we've been hyping Yojo June for like four months? Maybe we can do something for Yojo June. Maybe show the Crimson Guard. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. All right, uh, Fran, you're up. Oh, I was wondering if uh, the brand team had a chance to check out G.I. Joe March Madness on his tank. I will be honest. I have been, I, I have picked up a second brand recently, and so I have not had a chance to check out his tank. How is March Madness doing? I'm gonna go look right now. Uh, yeah, you know, we ran like a bracket, just like the NCA tournament style, and we had the Amazing. fans vote. There it is. So, oh, fun! Classified series, most wanted. Ah, oh, all right. The serpents been right. there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, some fan feedback, you know, yeah. everyone wants their, wants their figures made, you know, everyone has their favorites. 
Yep. So just something to take a look at. No, well, this is just a, a suggestion for a tool that you already have. You can do the dreadnought ram cycle because you guys already have that. Oh, that'd be that'd fun. Awesome repaint. People would love that. I know people are looking for more vehicles in the line. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it's probably be a lot easier to put out smaller stuff, you know, like even Zartan swamp scare, you know, stuff like that. Or like the old, um, you know, like the old shooting ranges and oh, yeah. little sandbag bases, stuff like that. Bivouac. You, you know, it, it will help you build out dioramas for pictures online, too. And set up stuff wherever you are in your house, you know, depending on what level of collecting you're at. And it's so exciting when we see, you know, when people are passionate enough about the line where they're saying, you know, these are the characters that we want to see. And I always want to say, like, I 100% hear you. And I know that there are like OG characters that we have not yet gotten to, but we're not going to blow all of them in the first year, guys. Then what would you come back for? So we are kind of strategically piecing out a lot of those really highly desired characters. And again, I think that you will be very pleased by some of the things that will be coming out. And I mean, for the rest of this year and for 2023, in terms of things that we'll be able to execute on. And then, I mean, God knows what we're going to do. We, we're just starting to plan 24. Um, in terms of like, what stories are we going to be telling for sub teams and where do we want classified series to go? Because we really kind of look at classified series as kind of its, its own little G.I. Joe canon universe where, you know, we are, we're trying to tell this story with toys and we're trying to give everybody this, the best experience that we possibly can because so much of G.I. Joe is story driven. And we think it really does help with those dioramas to be able to have like the accessory pieces and have kind of stories that tie together in ways that make for, you know, compelling shelf displays, compelling photos, really cool stuff that people can do. Cool. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Great. Uh, Chris, your turn. Hi. Um, yes, another question. Um, right. Sorry, I'm multitasking. It's terrible. Um, okay. That's okay. We're not offended. We do all the time. <laughs> I'm still looking at the March Madness poll. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. My uh, second question was about um, Tiger Force and the Python Patrol. And obviously the Cobra Island theme had like a kind of, you know, a, a, it had a period of time is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. And then it switched to Tiger Force and Python Patrol. Um, obviously I'm a huge Tiger Force fan and Python Patrol really. Um, I just love ridiculous decos clearly. Um, but I was wondering if there was a similar, are you going to be doing a similar time period is what I'm getting at? Because I'm, aware that there are a lot of really awesome characters that you could do with Tiger Force. And I don't want to get to the end of this theme and not have like, you know, Lifeline and Tripwire and Roadblock again. And, you know, all those characters. Um, and also Hit and Run, Tunnel Rat, Blizzard, Sneak yeah. Peek from the Euro European exclusive, which I know you're a fan of, Lenny, considering you did Outback first. That was amazing. <laughs> so I, I was just wondering if um, we'll, is it likely that we're going to get like a, a cutoff point and then a change of theme soon or is are we going to get an opportunity to see the majority of these characters is what I'm getting at yeah I think that that's that's a very valid question so the way that we've been kind of looking at it is retailer we're we're giving retailers ownable stories right so that you know you know that Target is currently the home of Tiger Force and Python Patrol you know that Walmart is currently the home for those gigantic oversized retro cardback figures which are so cool and so we will, full disclosure, remember when plastic free? 
we will only be able to do those giant retro card backs for this year. So this will be the only year of those figures. There will be, spoiler alert, eight of them total. Um, and so after that, we can't do that anymore. And so that's that's really kind of one of the executions that we are kind of being forced to retire because we just don't think that it will be as compelling plastic-free because it's not going to be, you know, that cool retro vibe when you're holding it in your hands. Um, that being said, we will be transitioning Walmart to a new kind of sub-team story. The way that we're thinking about it, so Cobra Island lasted for two years. We could at least get two years out of Tiger Force and Python Patrol. We'll touch base with retailers to see if they're interested in continuing the story, having a new story start up. But I think that after that time period, we certainly wouldn't exclude the opportunity to do like one-offs of additional Tiger Force or Python Patrol figures that may pop up at Target, may pop up at other places. So to us, like that certainly isn't off the table because we want to be yeah. able to, you know, continue those stories with things we may have missed. And then, you know, we could do anniversaries of them in the future. There's there's a long and exciting future for Classified that will let us run through a lot of these figures, which will be really fun. Yeah, I think you can draft off of transformers a little bit where like the exclusive doesn't always live there it'll live there for a period of time and then you'll find another you'll find somebody else who belongs in that sub team or in that story arc at another retailer um just because we have to refresh for the retailer right we have to get them excited and we have, they, what what can they excite the their um their consumers with right so it's like tiger force can't live there forever but we still got to do like life lifeline roadblock i got to get to everybody um so and then when we have molds for some of the other characters that were in Tiger Force that we haven't gotten to yet, which will come later. So it's like, you know, like you will see them other places. And it, attached to that, it's not another question, it's within it, basically. Uh, is it possible to see Tiger Force appear in the standard line rather than like as a theme? Is that a possibility going forward? I think that's what we're saying. Not in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't say that, I don't think that we're discounting any possibilities in the future, but I think that, you know, that would probably be a little bit further down the line, but maybe we do a mainline wave of Tiger Force in a couple of yeah. years. There's, you know, who knows exactly what that is kind of going to look like cool. in the future. Yeah, I think, I think, I feel like, like Redecos, I always want them to be kind of, I always want them to be compelling. Like I know as a kid and as a collector, I'm always like, I want it to be more sometimes. So I try to put a head in there. I try to put a new weapon. I try to change the loadout where I can. So it's like, it's got to have two or three of the elements, different loadout, different deck or different deco or something. Like it's got, it's got to have not just, not just deco update. If I can, if, if, if I can put more stuff in there, I will. But if I can't, I can't, there's things I can't control. But uh, I think that being said, when we start seeing the new characters in the years to come, there's going to be other iterations of them, say Tiger Force, Night Force, whatever colors they had back in the day that we may not be running a program. And it would be a bummer not to see them in that color. So they probably would find their way into mainline pulse or whatever fits them, whatever works. So that's great. Thank you guys. That's answered my question exactly as I wanted to hear it as well. So perfect. <laughs> cool. Glad to make you happy today. <laughs> Thank you guys. Well, first of all, everybody's doing a, a great job of answering questions that I had written down. So you're filling in the gaps for me here. So now, now I'm starting to go go down some different paths here. Um, I, I'm going to kind of throw this one in with uh, the overall view of being kind of in like year three of this and everything and seeing classified evolve amid all of these weird challenges of doing business in 2022 um 
What are the biggest obstacles you've run into working on this line? And what are the biggest rewards that you've personally come across in working on this brand the last couple of years? Ooh. I was, so I came into the line about, you know, six months, six months after we announced product. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Time has no meaning. Okay. So I came onto the brand a year ago, June. So do the math yourself. But we were in, we all know what was happening from fan sentiment at that point. We totally underestimated the success of classified series and we did not make enough product and maybe some robots for buying them all from Target. And so fans were fans were frustrated and they were upset that they couldn't get these figures and they didn't understand why this was happening. And so I think one of the challenges for me when I came onto the brand was, oh God, how do we make people happy again? Like, how do we, how do we say that we are, we're working on fixing this? How do we convince all of you that we are on your side? We have your best interests in, in mind and that we are not just trying to totally screw you over as like a big corporation. Sorry, Whitney. And Whitney's our PR person. And I feel like, so that was my biggest challenge of, you know, what was this, what was the sentiment going to be about this? And I was, full disclosure, terrified when we did our PulseCon panel. So it was the first time that all of you were seeing me as part of GI Joe. And it was either going to go really, really well, and everybody was going to love it, or it was going to go really, really poorly. And I was going to be the girl who ruined GI Joe. And so you have no idea how happy I was <laughs> that it went the good way. But I think that, you know, we we were very, very incentivized to figure out how to fix things and that it really did boil down to supply chain issues in a pandemic. And nobody thought this line was going to be as popular as it turned out to be. So I would say we are now manufacturing five times the amount of figures that we had originally gone to market with because, and that's kind of under what retailers want us to do. We just can't meet the capacity. We have had to increase the manufacturing times twice over to meet demand for these figures. And so that's one of the things that's also being kind of factored into taking longer to get us to shelf. I mentioned it a little bit on Tuesday, but stores have kind of set quantities that they need in order to start shipping out product or to put things on shelf. And the bigger stores like Targets and Walmarts or GameStops that are chains will wait until they have those bigger quantities in. And so the the larger the quantities of figures that are ordered, sometimes the longer it takes to get out on shelf, which means that it will be a better experience for everyone once they are actually on shelf, because you're not going to have like one Walmart setting one place and nobody else can get it. It's that everybody will get them at approximately the same time. So we are really trying to create the best possible consumer experience for everybody to avoid that frustration. We know that there was a little bit of a swing and a miss with the Alley Viper and not pre-ordering. We learned our lesson. We will do. We will execute pre-orders on everything now um, and not just necessarily leave it up to stores to do it however they want. But I think that, that is, that's really kind of what this is about. It's, it's learning from what has happened. It's okay. We need to make more figures. It's all right. We got to pre-order everything. Okay. Ooh, the supply chains means that our transportation time is now twice as long because all of our product is stuck on containers in like a port somewhere. All right. How do we address this? And so I think I got way off track, but 
I think for me, that was kind of my biggest challenge coming in of like, okay, how do we level set expectations and how transparent can I be with everybody about this? Because I want all of you to know as much of what we know as possible without like giving away trade secrets or whatever. But like, we want you to feel like we care because we do and that you're kind of part of our crew. But I think the best part for me so far has been getting to work with this amazing team. Like we are... We are a small team, we are a scrappy team, and we are close, and we get pretty obsessed about the products that we work on, and it's kind of across the board that all of us feel that way, and so it's it's been so much fun. I spend so much of my day with Lenny, and it has been so cool to watch him work and see all of the amazing things that he is putting into these figures and the little fiddly details that he talks about has been, it's been wonderful, so I wouldn't trade this for anything. I would ditto pretty much everything Emily just said, like in the beginning, I mean, like I met Chris and Fran, I know you from transformers and, and, and all the cons and stuff. And like, you guys remember how nervous I was when we were feeling, I was like dying. I was like, Oh my I God, well, I hate everything. Yeah. And again, I had that fear. I'm like, am I going to be the guy who kills you? Joe? And I, didn't I remember the, toy, the first toy fair that they were out. We were all standing there looking up at it and you were asking us our opinions. It was, it was great. Yeah, and we, was, was we were brutal and negative yeah, and brutal, horrible. Brutal. And they were sick. hemming me up. Hemming <laughs> me up. Uh, but no, like, um, you know, from the onset, even before we had a figure line, like it was like my boss at the time, Jared, was like, Lenny, go ID8 what G.I. Joe is going to be. Go. And he's like, spend all your time on it. Like, that's what I talked about. Like, I did all these iterations. I did 2D drawings. I did kit-ass drawings. I like went nuts. And it was like, it was kind of my dream for a minute. And like, that's... But, oh, my God, I can't believe I had this opportunity. Like, when I first got into toy design, I was like, my sister was a fashion designer. She's like, you should go do toy design at FIT. And I was like, what's that? She goes, well, all these drawings you do, you can make them into real stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So then I applied, got the job. And I always wanted, I always loved G.I. Joe's. I was always a G.I. Joe kid. I, I, I tell you guys, I would pull them apart, put them back together, redesign, always designing. And uh, the fact that... 12 years into my career, uh, 15, no, yeah, about 12. They were like, Hey, go do the thing you wanted to do as a little kid. I was like, uh, yeah. And it was, it was, that's what was, Oh my God, what a cool experience. What, like, I, I can't trade that for the world. And I, I've been, I feel so blessed to have that, have had that opportunity. Um, I'm starting with the positive. I should have ended with the positive. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was like, it's been awesome. You know what I mean? And, and the fan acceptance and like, and like, we really are passionate like the team like we're skunk works and we're small but we're building there you know we're building the the company sentiment in the in the in the brand as well but there always is i mean yeah joe's the we built the house right um but at the same time it's like it's we got to build it back up like it's like there's a lot of there's a lot more competition now than there was when we were kids with gi joe right so now we have to prove ourselves um so it's been great it's been awesome because everybody's so passionate we're, we're kind of like next level with our passion um, but the one thing that is, that has bumped me out is like, ah, we can't get them to people. Right. And I'm like, I'm spending all this time, like designing this stuff, putting my heart and soul into it. And Corey and my engineers, like we're, we're like in it, like every little detail is getting scrutinized. And then we get the, and you're going to be delayed this amount. And it's like, ah, <laughs> like you, you think about it. Like you, you, you're cooking a pot roast. And then you can't have the pot roast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you cook this delicious meal and then you can't have it because I can't have it either. I don't get the final final. 
I had a, and then I you reveal loads of other meals that you can have. Yeah. Yes. And then it slows down. <laughs> yeah, it slows down all my leftovers for my redecos and partials. So. And uh, my mom so, actually. Yeah. So my mom is the best. She watches all of our live streams and sends me comments about them and says, "Oh, Lenny did such a nice job on thus and such," and she's she screenshotted a comment and she was like, "This is so funny," and it's somebody going like, "I love my pre-order collection." <laughs> We're like. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what we basically warned everybody is that we are going to end up with overlapping pre-orders that would not have necessarily been a thing according to our original on-shelf dates if those were still able to happen. And it's been hard and it's been frustrating and we have been working incredibly hard, everybody on the team, to figure out how we can make the best out of this, what we can do to fix it. Um, and I think that we're we're in a much better place than we were six months ago. Um, but now it's kind of the, it's the trickle effect where, okay, we're going to have all, we basically had a six month delay and that all of that product is going to start hitting shelf. And then, oh my God, we're going to have all of the 23 product too. So I think that over starting in the fall, like things are, things are going to be good for GI Joe on shelf is yeah I think pending that China doesn't shut down again. If it perspectives it, I've been doing toys for I got my 15 year plaque. It's a big 15, I think 16. I got that last year. So I'm doing it for 16 years. Um, I remember when a week slip was a big deal. And that was before the pandemic, right? So it was like, you're going to have a week slip on that product. And it was like, oh my goodness, a week slip. But now you guys are seeing the delays we're getting. It's like, this is completely unprecedented, right? It's like, it's, it's very stressful for us. I, I feel like maybe I'm being a little too open about it, but like it stresses us out like crazy. And I know it stresses the community out like crazy too. So we're right there with you. It's bugging us out too. Um, but hopefully you guys will pay, are patient with us and you'll be there with us throughout the, through the run. Um, but yeah, it stinks really bad. <laughs> so no, to my watch. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny and I can basically talk forever. We'll just keep running our mouths. And then Eric, now I have time to show you my second creepy doll that sits in my window. <laughs> Did a, a lengthy adventures in collecting podcast where I, the, my creme de la creme story at the end was my haunted bride doll. And I got a lot of Instagram messages about her. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you're not uh, recording from your, your haunted attic with the fall away wall. Oh. So spoiler alert, I bought a house in um, last August and it's a house from 1948 and there was a windstorm one day and I went upstairs to the attic and one of the pieces of paneling had fallen off of the wall and it turned out there was a secret crawl space in my attic. So you're like, all right, Emily, no. So you shine a flashlight into the crawl space, right? Because I'm not going in there. And there's a rocking chair that's knocked over with a bunch of pillows stacked on top of it. So at this point, you think, all right, attic ghost, we'll just kind of leave this situation here. So my my 13-year-old niece, Vanessa, came to visit. And my mom told her about the crawl space. And she's like, Auntie Emily, let's go figure that out. One of our family friends was here. And they were very brave, went into the crawl space. And we found a an empty HDTV box, which means somebody has been back there recently, three really ugly framed paintings, the rocking chair, three pillows, and a wedding dress. Like a wedding dress in a box, like somebody had preserved the wedding dress. Uh-huh. I have a lot of questions about it too. So then we were like, oh my God, who does this wedding dress belong to? So in 
the most normal thing I possibly could have done. It's a big attic space. I don't have a lot of stuff up there, so it's pretty empty. We, in the middle of the attic, the rocking chair is set up with all the pillows and the portraits around it. And the wedding dress is on a hanger hanging from the rafters so that it kind of moves in the breeze. The train is all spread out. Um, so that's my attic. Welcome to Cranston. <laughs> wow. Wow. I thought you were just telling us about a film you saw the other day. That's oh. incredible. Yeah. I, I, you know, I like to keep a couple of weird ones tucked away just for occasions such that as this. so creepy. <laughs> I am legit creeped out. Not, not, to, not, to, not to plug my own podcast, but if you want to hear in detail about the creepy doll, definitely go listen to that episode because, boy, does that have a story. So, <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. You guys have been commissioning so much incredible character art for the line. Is there a possibility of seeing that uh, release some other way? Maybe higher res? People would use it as, you know, backgrounds, wallpapers, icons, things like that? Yes, we're working on that. Um, so the, so, uh, oh, what's it? Uh, classified series artist series collection, I believe is the official name franchise will tell me if I'm wrong, but it's getting its own logo. There are plans to kind of do a rollout program around it to better leverage that art because it is so amazing. And I do think that, you know, it's, it's unusual to have a brand that commissions a different art piece from a different artist for each figure that we do. But I think that that is one of the really cool things about classified and, you know, kind of, uh, represents the hodgepodge and melting pot that is G.I. Joe is to be able to have, if you so choose, to have those boxes art side out to see all of those really cool different snippets of character art that do kind of come together to form this amazing line. Um, so yes, there are plans. Yes, we are in the works. And yes, we are excited about it. Awesome. That's great news. Fabulous. I got to step away, but thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, Brett, you're up. Uh, my question's basically been answered. I, I was going to talk about the supply chain and, you know, the impact of that and maybe lessons learned or maybe positive ways it's helped you all. Ooh, positive ways it's helped us all. I, mm, I think it's given us, it's given us a little bit more time to reflect on the line, which is kind of a weird way to think about it because how am I going to formulate this to sound like I know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I start talking and I don't exactly know where I'm going to go. And I just kind of hope I'm going to get there, but I haven't had any coffee today. So I'm lagging a little bit. So I'm stalling for time while I formulate a sentence, but it's so from a development standpoint, we are, we're on track with all of the development for our products. So it really is kind of the manufacturing kind of end piece, but it's created this kind of product gap. And it's given us a little bit of extra time, which is interesting and not something that we usually have. So we actually had like a month 
where we kind of got to sit down and reflect and figure out like, okay, this is what we think is going on with 22. How is this going to impact 23? Do we want to change any of our character selections? Do we think that this is the absolute strongest offering that we can put out? And so I think it's given us a little bit more reflection time, which is not something that we would have had if we had kind of kept going at a regular pace, I guess. That's not a, not a particularly amazing answer, but I think that it, is it's been interesting to kind of take a little bit more time and see if there's anything that we want to change. And we did change a couple of character selections because we felt like it was a better kind of representation for what we wanted to, the story that we wanted to tell with the line for 23. Yeah. I, I'd say that. And it gave us a little bit more of a hardcore crash course in the back end of development, like from after we're done on our part and understanding where pieces are and when they're, where they're going, where they're getting moved to, and then becoming a little more savvy uh, to avoid stuff like that as it might approach. Cause back in the day, we wouldn't run into this stuff. It's just the world, right? The world right now, things are shut down for weeks on end. So it's like, how do you avoid a slip? What can you do to not tie something else up with something else? So um, yeah, we I think it's a great learning experience. It's just, uh, you know, it's a lot of the boring stuff that we're learning, but it's boring stuff that will help all the fun stuff later, like the character selects and sculptural detail and stuff like that. And I think kind of piggybacking off of that, I've gotten to go to meetings that I never would have gotten to go to before where they're asking my opinions about, you know, I'm going to engineering meetings that I wouldn't normally be invited to. And maybe our head engineer mutes me and I'm not allowed to ask questions for 17 minutes. It's a <laughs> challenge. And maybe I fail and he laughs a little. Hi, Bill. You're great. But it's so I think that it has been this kind of really cool opportunity. And now we have this knowledge and we are we're continuing to figure out ways to help kind of plan against this in the future. And so now we're, you know, we are buffering all of our transit times in the future to say like, okay, if it's taking this long, we're going to add an extra buffer onto this to help see if we can combat this in the future. And I think that those will be learnings that we'll be able to take away long after God, I hope when the global supply chain fixes itself. Um, But I mean, it's really cool. Excellent question. Yes. Uh, just a confirmation, the Amazon Blue Ninjas are going to be an Amazon pack? Correct. Okay. I had that as with a question mark. Like, is it? That does not um, have to be your question if you'd like to ask another one. No, no, no. That, that was just confirmation on that okay, question. Perfect. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I have a, a request, a fan request, Lenny. Sure. Brendan Fraser as Sergeant Stone. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Just, just gonna throw it out there in the, in the ether. It doesn't have to happen, but if it does, you know, hey, I mean, that'd be pretty nice. He's been in the media a lot lately, right? So he's coming back. So I'm gonna... People would love him. You guys are looking for new people to bring into G.I. Joe. Brendan Fraser as Sergeant Stone. It's just, it's he's so dreamy, and it would just make everyone so happy right now. That's it actually could bring us all together as fans under Brendan Brent Fraser. Frazier. Yeah. No one no one doesn't love Brendan Fraser. That's all I Brendan Fraser will be the stone that we all come to to bring I, I was trying to mix names together. No, no, you, there's there's, there's nothing else you can do. You have it there with two words, Brendan Fraser. Boom, it's done. Um you guys are doing just a really great job with all of the stuff involved. I'm really glad to see the progression of stuff coming out. I'm glad for the 
clarification on parts and why you can use certain figures and you can't use certain figures. And that little tooling aspect of it had flown right by me. And I, I work in the industry uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I found it horrifying to find out that you're not doing paint masters at all anymore. It's all digital paint masters now. Um, so when production gives you a, a, a piece and you're just like, oh no, this, this blue is not at all supposed to be blue. That's his face. It should be pale. You know, like, you know, I've seen the horrible things that come out of China where they just make a guess on things. And well, uh, I mean, we're still we provide a schematic, of course, but like you're right. Like it's like screen to reality. Like, you know, blue on a screen is like not blue in reality. Well, whose screen is it? I mean, that's why we have Panatone books is to call out a very specific color or fabric books i just got introduced to a needle book for uh for thread a thread book oh yeah for for patches and stuff like oh wow there's a thread book there's oh, a yeah. whole another book to add to my drawer of books to make sure i don't get a color wrong oh yeah um, it's it's very interesting to find out that that you're working completely without the traditional sense of paint masters that yeah, it's a new process and it's a learning curve. I got to say, um, it's it's we're getting and we're getting more savvy. It's getting even better and better and better. And I think it's going to be very streamlined very soon. But it was definitely a learning curve. Um, but from what we're getting, uh, some of the last samples that came in was like, oh my god, it's like right spot on, right? And it's like it, it in a way it could help speed up the process, right? We could it could buy us a week here, buy us two weeks there, so. I think it's really born out of efficiency is why we're really doing it. So I think the efficiency is going to get there. However, it was a learning curve on the collector brands in particular because of how intense we have to be of how much things have to look exact. Um, but I got to say the Dusty in particular came in. We're still tweaking them a little bit from what you guys saw. Um, but I mean, the last sample I just saw, I'm like, oh, okay, he's done. <laughs> like. And that was like the second sample in. So and and thank you for the goggles on the helmet and another pair of goggles for the face. Like, oh yeah, that was um. That's we great. We almost didn't have that. We almost yeah. didn't have that, but we fought for that. We're like, you know what? They're gonna stretch. They're gonna stretch, and that would suck. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I know with the Cobra uh, Troopers, that's that's an issue I've already had with my goggles. Yeah. Is that putting them on the helmets and putting them on the dudes? They stretched out a little bit. It's you know? where we learned it from, actually, because um, yeah. we were like, because at first we're like, ah, it'll go back because it, it has some give. But I think the, the I don't know if it's actually the top, the head is so, in, the, the Cobra Trooper head is so dense. The durometer is so dense that I think that like there's no give in the helmet. So there's no give and take, essentially. So basically you're putting, you're putting those goggles on a jig to stretch them out and yeah. then they'll never go back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we learned it on that one. We're like. It was actually Corey. Corey was like, dude, we got to do two. I'm like, you're absolutely right. We, we can't. So we ended up doing that. It was a little extra cost because you got to paint the goggles and then you got an extra material cost and stuff, but it was totally worth it. And good absolutely. news, if you are a ding dong and don't realize that which set of goggles you have, you can stretch the smaller one to go on his hat. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, let's you, just not talk about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's forget we heard that completely. You guys gave us an update on a, on a bunch of the figures that uh, were previously announced in renders, going back to the the uh, the last uh, live stream. 
Um, are there any updates on the Kamakura figure that was announced a, a few months ago? Hmm. Maybe you find out more in June. Maybe you don't find out more in June. Maybe, okay. maybe you do. Yo, yo, Joe, June. All right. Yo, Joe. That, yo, was, Joe. that was one of the questions. So, <laughs> cool. Yeah, June. It's June. So what we wanted to do is, you know, we've seen we've seen a lot of the O-ring figures for the year already that haven't hit pre-order. We've seen Kamakura who hasn't hit pre-order yet. So we didn't necessarily want the expectation to be that when we show you digital renders, you will immediately like, where's Mindbender? Mm. So we didn't want the expectation necessarily to be that as soon as you see one of the digital renders, you will get to pre-order it exactly the next time. But we promise that they will all be going up for pre-order. I saw somebody say, did they decide to pull Kamakura from the line? No, no, no. He's still there. He just hasn't launched yet. So it's okay. The um, If it's helpful, Kamakura is the other Amazon exclusive for the year to go with the Blue Ninjas. Easy. Bring it on. Give me more. That literally just made it worth it for me to stay on for that last 10 minutes for that answer to that Kamakura question. Excellent. So, thank you so much. I think Fran's muted. Uh, Fran, you are muted, but it looks like you were talking. <laughs> oh, were you excited? I just had an extra question. The, the retro carded Zartan, does that color change? No. He does, does not. not. Only the All Pulse right. conversion color changes. The color changes, so you guys know, it's like an additional 65 decawaps to do that. He expensive. He expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is there, is there uh, any updates to what figure's releasing next? Since I know a lot of the pre-orders are scrambled, is there any inside intel on what figure we can see that that's going to be hitting soon that you guys would know about. Mm. a lot of fans are trying to figure out what's next and what's coming in, in terms of what people will get shipped out to them next or what we're going to be yeah, pre-ordering what, next. What, what we're going to receive as pre-orders is there is. Mm, is there okay. So next up. So the first tiger force wave that we did at PulseCon, So all of the PulseCon figures should be coming really soon. Um, so those were originally, I mean, you guys saw the dates kept kind of pushing out on those, which we finally got them to stop pushing, which was really exciting. So those were originally, I mean, you saw the original date, so I don't have to lie about this. Those were originally supposed to be February of 2022, um, and ultimately pushed to an 8-1-22 for setting and brick and mortar. I believe that the way that it's working is as soon as warehouses get all the stock they need, they'll be able to start shipping those out on pre-orders. So my guess is that we will see pre-orders fulfilled before we see those hitting brick and mortar um, because those still are, uh, the mainline assortment is still like in an assortment box. So Target and Walmart can just wave that into their pegs. Um, but those should be the items that you see coming next. Okay, and great. then the um, the next O-ring two pack, the, the Cobra Troop Builders. Should be coming soon. This goes back to again the live stream. Uh, the fact that you're you're introducing the um, a, a Tiger Force version of the Ram Cycle for the first time and kind of updating the lore with new things. And uh, and and Lenny, you know I've I've asked you this before, but uh, now with some new things coming into the line, are we any closer at uh, getting new original characters that will make their GI Joe lore debut in the classified line? Uh... I want to. <laughs> I keep on saying I want to. And I think, yes. Um, it's just a matter of like, I think it's like weird. I got to like sit down and then think to myself, I'm like, does, does somebody want this or this? Right. So again, I, I think I mentioned this to somebody when I was 
kind of make gifts for people essentially, right? Like my job is to make a gift. Like, what would you like? What do you know? So I try to make things that people can relate to or want or have known or have some context with. Um, that doesn't mean that new things are off the table. It's just that when I'm weighing out the uh, risk reward, essentially, we got to kind of, I think what leans more towards things that people are familiar with. So we'll do a character that people are familiar with over a character that people are not familiar with. And if we do a character that people are not familiar with, we have to see the, the where the opportunity fits best for that character so that they can thrive, um, essentially, right? So, man, I would love to do a bunch of new Joes. I told you guys all I did to do as a kid was customize and draw them, right? So it's just a matter of like, where does it strategically fit, right? So it's like, um, yes, yes. But I could not say when. But I think that? too, like you were you were talking <laughs> earlier about ways of getting you know new generation, new you know new kids into the line, and I think right now like it's fun to see how you're taking all of these nostalgic you know heroes and villains that like we played with when we were kids and giving them kind of a modern spin, like giving uh, Lady J a GoPro, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think those kind of modern spins are you know tracks into getting younger generations to kind of resonate with these characters but i think the way to really get like a new generation is with the new generation right making new characters that like really uh you know take advantage of of you know modernity and 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 you know really kind of draw in uh new audiences and and plus like you know i i think you're preaching to the choir here with the the audience that you have in front of you currently Um, but you know, new Joes are new Joes. And like, that was so exciting as a kid, like when, you know, before the internet. (gasps) I mean, that's Um, what they were doing to us when we were kids. Think about it. Like the dreadnoughts look like a little movie that we all probably know and love. Right. So it's like, it's like Mm -hmm. they were totally fashion designing. And I say it a lot, GI Joe's fashion brand. So it's like, you got to look at like what's going on in the world and what's cool, like pattern wise too. Like, all of a sudden the patterns got neon colors in the, in the mid nineties and early nineties weird. Uh, so definitely. And that's why I love the brand so much too. Like you can, you can play into the world around you to do innovative design. Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily something where you always have to iterate something that was made in the past. We can update stuff, hence the first wave. Right. So um, yeah, I think so. I think we'll, we'll get there again. It's just, I got to, Emily will will probably con- double confirm. We have to just make sure that the 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 bet is there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think it's going to be great. And when we do it, it's going to be amazing. Can I uh, jump in one more thing? I just that yeah. that tuned in. Uh, I'm I'm literally almost out the door. Uh, the Doctor Mindbender. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Is that not a great figure? I know some people were upset that he looks like how he used to look. That's what you've been arguing for this entire line. He's not only looks how he used to look, he's better than I ever dreamed. Really, really (laughs) is fantastic. I never even thought I would grow up to be a man with the mind bender mustache, but I am. And to see him come to life. Well, it was an interesting one. That was an interesting one too, right? It's like, we talked about it. We're like, should we update him? Should we do the, I think it was like the nineties version where he had the coat on. And the more and more we thought about it, he would do the coat later. Exactly. And it's kind of like, he had such a particular look, 
that it was just like he really just needs uh, finish, right? Oh, yeah. that's see Ramsey's hand. It's <laughs> my cat. <laughs> um, but it's like it's like it's fit and finish with him with fit, right? So it's like how can we take that old school figure and adjust it? And the, there's things we did like the old school figures, like you couldn't do a lot of anatomy play. We did a lot of anatomy play. You notice he's got like. <laughs> Sorry, Ramsey's hand is cracking me up. Um, you'll notice a lot of like, like the way the shape of his head, like we did on Gung Ho, like kind of like the roll in the back of his head because he's so jacked, you know? Yeah. We were able to do sort of stuff like that, like making his head a little more pin-like. Um, like this play around with the human form and textures and stuff like that. So it's there. Um, but again, it, it, from a design standpoint, thank you. I really yeah. appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Um, but yeah, you how could you change him for the first yeah. release? Yeah. Like, you know what I, mean? I don't know why are so people upset that he's jacked like he was jacked like he's supposed to be an interrogator and the people forget about that his file card is he was a cobra interrogator this the man cartoon made him a scientist he did crisper before crisper yeah right like this guy made he he made an emperor you think he can't make himself jacked like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, uh, we talked about that too. Like maybe he should be more of a lean body and we're like, nah, no. we got to go jacked. No, no. So yeah. Great. I yeah. Sorry. It's, it's seriously my favorite upcoming figure is that my Thank favorite you. figure. Thank you. That's and, awesome. Uh, I think you're going to be pleased. He was, yeah, I can't wait yeah. to show his stuff. He comes with some funny stuff. So I I'm really looking forward to it and looking forward to that road pig some way, sometime down the road. I'll get you what monstrous bodies look like uh, in the GI Joe line. So to speaking of which, like I want to do things right. He's for me, Road Pig has to be brand new, spanking yeah. everything, one and done. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be huge. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys again so okay. much uh, for bringing so much passion to the line. Uh, us old school fans, us new fans. We really appreciate it. Thank you again. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks, Scott. All right. Where is that um, Dr. Mindbender going to be available? Is that a PulseCon exclusive or? Mm, that's a great question, which I'm not allowed to tell you yet. Okay. I don't think anyone knows that yet. I had to sneak No one in. does know that yet. Yep. That one is a, uh, I'll, I'll check and see when I'll be able to tell you that information. <laughs> okay. Great. And uh, an accessory for Dreadnought. We definitely need grape soda cans. I know, I right? Like, yeah, grape and chocolate donuts. You need to get yes. a little chocolate donut box and a grape soda can. You got to get that in there somehow. We need grape hundred percent, a hundred percent, like crushed soda cans and stuff too, because it's bashing them on their heads. <laughs> like that's that's a staple. You know what I mean? How yeah. many times has that been in the comic books? Multiple. I know, I'm hundred percent with you, and I think that goes to, to say on like on on. Sometimes we don't have the money to make a particular character, right? So right. we just shouldn't do them because I don't want to release something and then we didn't do, we didn't give it, we didn't give it. It's just deserves what it deserves to be put into it, just to get another character out there. Because um, it could come out stinky, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you need the right body type parts. You need the money to make new parts that are particular to the character. And on GI Joe in particular. I'm actually finding it's a lot more like a Black Series line than a Legends line, right? Because the reuse is actually not as much. We're like in the middle from a standpoint. Like, you know, there's there's commonality between parts, but a lot of the characters back in the day, 
parts were sculpted right onto those those parts and pieces where later on you started to see the re, the reuse stuff the reuse stuff happened on the original 13 of course but then there was like oh let's just make brand news and then you started seeing characters that were mixes and matches of each other so i'm finding the same thing now on the six inch line right where it's like you know you, you can't just take the gung-ho vest and throw it onto somebody else and then call it a character that has a very particular look right so um that might be an opportunity for a new character right so um again when the money is when the money keep on saying money but you know when the funds are right the resources are right we the time is right then we can get those characters going and i think ultimately people appreciate when you do something do it right don't don't do it because you you know Sorry. right i just <laughs> think fans would appreciate that accessory like i the dr mindbender loadout it's so vast there's so many cool parts the brain the pump and like all that stuff going on in there you know some kind of deluxe pack you could throw that in there i mean maybe i can't wait to explain how those work too yeah. um, that'll be fun because we had some fun with that stuff cool thanks yeah. one last thing hasbro um pulse online right is there any way we could get 3x shirts because i haven't been able to order a shirt a G.I. Joe brand shirt because I just don't I'm not a big, you know, chunky guy. I'm just big and tall and I, I only fit in the 3X. Let me ask them about that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe looking into getting a few of those in there in the store. Yeah. And we're no, they're, they're cut small, too. So I know what yeah. you mean. And we try to be as inclusive as possible with sizing. So I'm sure that. Yes. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would love to order every shirt that you guys make. I would order one of each. Um, maybe something else to think about. A lot of people are 3D designing things. Yes. You know, so maybe there, there might be a way to put out something for us to print at home that, you know, some kind of design that you could give us to print with our Joes, like a foot locker, even if it's a foot locker, you know, something. Yeah. That's an interesting proposition. We, we, you know, with the times changing and everything like right. everybody's printing. I know I do it for things that, I don't think you guys are going to make, you know, yeah. so I've been, I've been printing vehicles. I mean, and just some of the stuff too is incredible. Like some of the Art. stuff that these guys are making. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like, I think it's a bigger, it's a bigger conversation for us, right? Because it's like, that's opening up 3d source files and stuff like that. So we would have to be, it's a different animal for the company right. as a whole. And I think there's definitely people talking about it. Um, it's just a matter of how do you implement it in a way that um, is, I use the word strategery, that has strategery behind it. You know what I mean? Like you need that. a branded Hasbro 3D printer that you can, you know, sell to the public. And oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Or like a subscription yeah. service, a, three, a right. 3D file subscription service or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and people are getting into it. I mean, it's a craft. It's definitely like a big trend. So it's like, right. how, how, do we, how do we do it in a way? It's like... I'm a big fan of Skyrim, so I like do a lot of Skyrim modding and all that sort of thing. Which that's it. has got an open it's open source material. So I would imagine people much smarter than me in other departments of the company would have to figure out how that worked essentially because it's again you're opening your IP up to everybody and you're a little bit of trade secrets in there too. So how do you do it in a way? What's that? There's a lot of things that you guys would not be willing to do, but um, you know, GI Joe. I think out of all the brands that exist. Not even outside of Hasbro, it's the the most customizable brand yeah. people are into 
customizing GI Joes a lot. Oh yeah, big part of the community. So it's just something to think about, you know. Yeah, it's very cool. Anyway, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been uh, eventful, and I had a good time. And there, we actually got so some really good information. Awesome. Thanks for joining, man. Good talking yeah. to you. Thanks. Good. I can't wait till we get back to actually in person. You know, I really miss San Diego Comic Con. And yeah. You know, I think it, it just adds something special, you know, when we get to, to see that stuff. And, yeah, you know, seeing yeah. each other in person is always great. Yeah, we'll get there. I think Thanks we'll for there. taking the time out to do this. Appreciate it. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.